Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible class that is posted every Wednesday evening at 6.30. We're also doing that for Sunday morning at 9.30. And those are for people who are not in the Omaha area or maybe in the Omaha area, but they can't get out and be with us physically at the church building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. And so we're getting God's word out there for those who are listening, well, for those who are shut in in our area, but also for those who are listening and studying along with us in other parts of the country and literally around the world. We're thankful to have this opportunity and the ability and the means to be able to broadcast God's word, to teach it on such a widespread basis through the medium of the internet. These podcasts, well, we're just thankful for the technology. And we encourage you to encourage everybody you can to listen. You can share these podcasts, these Bible studies with people easily through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. And by doing so, you may help somebody get into God's word on a more regular basis, become more connected in their relationship with God. You may help them turn their lives around and ultimately get to heaven. So we encourage you, share all of these studies with everybody you can. You can, again, share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. And encourage them to go to our website and do this yourself if you have not yet done so churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to the podcast button, click on that, and sign up for our podcasting. Now, utilizing all of the study resources on our website, that's always free. Signing up for our podcasting, it's always free, always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. And when somebody signs up for our podcasts, they will automatically receive our Wednesday night Bible class, our Sunday morning Bible class, all of our sermons, which are now being posted in video format as well as audio on our website. But they'll receive the audio of that on their smart device. And they'll also receive a really great daily, seven-day-a-week Bible study, about 13 minutes each day, but it gets us into God's Word, even for that short period of time, easy to listen to, called today's Bible class. And they'll receive our Monday through Friday daily radio program, Search the Scriptures. All of that will automatically go to their smart device, whichever one they choose. Maybe their smartphone, or computer, or laptop, or tablet, or pad, whatever it is. It will be automatic, and again, it will always be free. And while at our website at churchofchrist.com, people can download hundreds of sermons from years gone by, and they can also download hundreds of scripturally based and spiritually focused articles. They can read through those and study through those. It's just another really good Bible study resource material. Now, for you who are in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street. 3606 North 108th Street right here in Omaha. Our Bible classes on Sunday morning are at 9.30, followed by our worship at 10.30, and midweek Bible classes at 6.30 each Wednesday evening. You're welcome to any and all of these services. Come and get to know us. Let us get to know you. 
and let us grow together spiritually as we study God's word and worship him as the body of Christ right here in Omaha. Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We're going to get back into our study from 1 Peter chapter 5. Now again, we have taken our time in going through this particular letter from the Apostle Peter, 1 Peter. And we'll plan to follow this up with his second letter that is recorded in Scripture, and that's 2 Peter, obviously. But uh, so much vital, important, encouraging, instructive material to the individual Christian. Very similar to the way that James is focused, but Peter covers different material, and we have been learning as we've gone along taken some time, but there's so much there, and we just want to really grasp it as fully as we can. Well, we've been looking at the subject of elders as the God-designed leaders within individual congregations of the Lord's church. We took quite a bit of time reading through and studying through pretty thoroughly that text in the first four verses of 1 Peter chapter 5. And I want us to get back to verse 5 now, and this is, she's shifting gears to a great extent here. And so he uh, says in verse 5, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. As I said last time, we can understand a couple of different potential applications from this particular verse of scripture and Peter's instruction therein. And there's a little bit of this verse left, and I want to get to that separately. But when he says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders, well, we can take that first as understanding that he's talking about, well, children within a family and how they need to be respectful of and how they need to be obedient to their own parents. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse, I'm sorry, chapter 6 and verses 1 through 3, the apostle Paul wrote this as to this particular family relationship, children to parents. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. It's interesting that when he says this is the first commandment with promise, honor your father and mother, well, that goes all the way back to the original Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus. And the promise that went along with this particular commandment was as long as you continue to honor your parents properly, now, of course, they'd have to stay faithful to God in, in every way, but here he ties the promise to their living long within that promised land. Now, here it's expanded. It's not talking about living long within a particular geographic area, but he says, honor your father and mother, that which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. I'm afraid that probably most people kind of gloss over that particular promise that the Apostle Paul brings out here, that longevity of life is tied, at least to some degree, 
connected with this particular instruction from God's word as to how we need to honor our father and mother, how we need to obey our parents in the Lord. Now, in the Lord is a key understanding there and qualifier, but we need to do this that it may be well with us and that we may live long on the earth. Well, you think about all of the self-help manuals and all of the seminars and webinars and (laughs) everything that is bombarding us these days as to healthy living and how you can extend your life and you can be more active and more vital and on and on and on. Well, here's a simple instruction from God himself. Children, obey your parents in the Lord and honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Well, this would be getting back to quite a basic, wouldn't it? We need to respect God's word and certainly his word comes before all of what health uh, aficionados and and all of the people who are trying to uh, promote physical well-being and strength and vitality and all that, that's all fine. There's nothing wrong with that as long as it stays within the realm of truth. But here, let's look at this basic commandment here and the promise that goes with it. Honor your father and mother. Obey your parents in the Lord that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. In, in, in Colossians chapter 3, in verse 20, we also read, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. So if we want to please God, then one practice that we need to initiate fully is that we need to simply remember that God wants us to be respectful to and also to be obedient to our parents while we're living in their household. Now, another application here that we could see is that when when he's he's just finished this this, uh, context on elders within the congregation, and so when he says, likewise, you younger people, now that doesn't mean kids necessarily here, if we understand this potential application of this instruction, likewise, you younger people, in other words, you who are not elders, Now remember, we emphasized being an elder, that term does not necessarily mean elderly. Certainly there is an older uh, understanding in terms of years, but not necessarily elderly, but somebody who could fulfill the responsibilities and the work of being an elder within the Lord's church. Remember that that also includes that, that term bishop, which means overseer, and so they're going to be active leaders keeping the congregation on the right paths, staying true to God's teachings. And then also that term shepherd. And so they're, they're like a shepherd is watching over and taking care of and leading the sheep within his flock. Elders are to watch over, take care of, and lead the congregation, the members of the congregation in which they are elders in the true paths of righteousness, of God's teachings, of his word. 
Now, if we understand that potential application to verse 5, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders, then we're understanding that 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 can be applied in a way of saying we need to be obedient or respectful toward and follow obediently and respectfully the leadership of our elders within the congregation, those men who have been appointed as elders. And we go back to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, and there it says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive. Now, he's not talking about uh, government officials here from a you know, geographic perspective, like the federal government over our country or the state government or the local government within communities and all of that, because there's a qualifier here, or maybe we should say a, a specific identifier, for they watch out for your souls. Now, our federal government does not watch out for our souls. Our state government does not watch out for our souls. Now, they may watch out for our lives, and prayerfully and hopefully for our well-being physically and economically and so on, but they don't watch out for our souls. That's not their role, and they cannot fulfill that particular responsibility. That's not their responsibility. But here when it says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, now what does submissive mean? Respectful, obedient, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Give account to whom? Obviously God. Now who, what leaders, what position of leadership would be responsible for watching out over our souls? Elders within the local congregation. He goes on and says, let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. In other words, we need to be submissive. We need to be respectful and we need to be obedient to the leadership of our elders within the local congregation, the, the men who have been appointed as elders within that congregation. We can also see something of a general application that can have certainly has merit to understanding, and that would be going back to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, and here the understanding of as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to be submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, again, the idea of respect, respect for each other, care for each other, love for each other, and so being submitting to one another uh, before God and in the fear of God. Now let's come back to 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, chapter 5 and verse 5. And I, I said there's another part to this particular verse that I wanted to deal with separately. So likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. Okay, now there, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21 again. And be clothed with humility. Oh, now be clothed with humility. And that would go along with both being submissive to our elders and also being submissive with one another. You see, an attitude, a mindset of humility. Now remember, humility is not the same as humiliation. Humility is a positive characteristic of Christianity. Humiliation is when somebody humiliates us. They're overbearing. They put us down in whatever ways. Be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. 
another term for humility there, and the idea of being clothed with humility is be humble. Have a humble mindset and heart. And then he goes on and said, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. We're talking about ungodly pride, ungodly pride. And we need to understand that that is condemned by God, ungodly pride. But let's turn back to uh, Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18. And here the wise man wrote, But pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Pride goes before destruction. Well, some people, they are so puffed up about themselves that they're blind to a lot of the pitfalls around them that are really there to a great extent because of their ungodly pride. How many times perhaps has a general led his troops into battle? And he was so proud thinking, ah, I've got this, we're so powerful, we're so strong, we're so mighty, there's no way that we can be defeated. But maybe the smaller force of the enemy, they have taken measures to take advantage of any particular point of weakness that the attacking army might present, and they overcome the much stronger attacking force because the leading officers of that attacking force, although they have all the power and might behind them that they should need to be victorious, but they've been so proud and arrogant that they don't take the proper precautions. Now, we could say the same thing by way of illustration when it comes to all kinds of ventures in life or all kinds of, of, of aspects of our life. Business, maybe we become so proud in how successful we have been that we stop taking the proper precautions in how we do our business. We could say the same thing about our finances. We become so proud that we've accumulated this much wealth and that may not necessarily mean that we're wealthy, but we've accumulated so much wealth that, that we just, we've stopped paying attention to being judicious in the way that we spend our money and also how we save it. Pride goes before destruction. Because so often the pride, when it's ungodly pride, it blinds us to potential dangers in the way that we're moving through life. Now, there's another kind of pride that is godly pride. We need to take pride in how we do our work, that we're doing it responsibly, that we're doing it effectively, trying to serve our employer. We also need to take pride in the way we dress, in the way we speak, in the way we conduct ourselves. You know, there's so many people, and I know I've talked about this a number of times before, in other studies. But there's so many people, they show absolute disrespect for God, for our Lord, for the people they're talking to, and also for themselves by lacing their, their speech with vulgarity after vulgarity after vulgarity. 
cursing, using the Lord's name in vain and disrespectfully, I often, well, the old response is, do you not know English? Is that what you've got to resort to all the time? All of this vulgarity and profanity, cursing and swearing? That's, that's not taking pride in the way that you're conducting yourself. So be clothed with humility, be humble. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, if we turn back there, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, interesting text of scripture that, that uh, deals with this particular understanding and mindset. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I want us to read verses 17 and 18. He who glories, he who glories, that's a an expression that we probably don't really think about that much. But the idea of he who glories, who is looking for glorification or kind of basking in glory or whatever, well, we see in sports professionals a lot of times uh, a batter will hit a home run and then he'll, you know, really call attention to himself glorifying in what he just did. Or maybe a, a receiver on a football team will catch a touchdown pass and he'll just stomp around and go through all kinds of, of, of motions and demonstrate and he's taking glory in what he's just done. But it goes on and on and on like that. But a lot of people, they glory in their successes in life, in their business successes or achievements. They glory in, in how they look. You know, they may strut around and really call attention to their physical appearance because they think they're really handsome or they're really beautiful or whatever it might be. Well, all of that is of this world. All of that is shallow. But what the Apostle Paul writes here in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, he says, look for the real source of glory and the reason to glorify, to be glorified. He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Be thankful. But now remember, with a humble spirit, be thankful that you're in the Lord if you're in the Lord that you have been baptized into Christ and your sins have been cleansed by the blood that he shed on the cross. Be thankful, bask in the glory of God and your Savior in that you have been transformed in your spiritual life. And you're a Christian. You're saved. You're forgiven. You've been redeemed. And you're looking forward to the most glorious home that anybody can possibly look forward to, and that's heaven itself. He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. For not he who commends himself is approved. Oh, you're drawing all kinds of attention to yourself. But whom the Lord commends. Have you ever heard people, observed people who just keep bragging on themselves? Well, that's self-glorification. And okay, they're all caught up with themselves. They're carried away with themselves. But isn't it much better when somebody else commends them, praises them for their achievements, for their actions, or maybe just the way they conduct themselves? Maybe they're, they're humble 
dedicated Christian spirit. And particularly, we want God's commendation above all else. That's far more important than anybody of this world commending us. And certainly, there's no comparison to when we start just calling attention to ourselves and trying to praise ourselves or bring praise to us from others. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 10, Jesus said, So likewise you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. How many times have you heard somebody who is being praised as a hero, maybe on national news, for something he or she did, and they respond by saying, I'm not a hero. I just did what needed to be done at the time. See, that's humility. That's being humble in spirit. James also makes the same basic statements in James chapter 4. And we look first at verse 6. He says, he gives grace, speaking of God, he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. And there's that idea, that principle from Luke 17 and verse 10 again, which Jesus himself brought forth and emphasized. So therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Look for God's praise and commendation. And let me tell you, there, is, there, there, there can be nothing greater by way of commendation to any of us as to how we have lived our lives, then that pronouncement by our Lord on the final day of judgment, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. In other words, step right through those pearly gates onto the golden streets of heaven itself where the glory of God and Christ are the lights that light up the city. There can be no greater commendation than that. How thrilled, how exhilarated we should be to hear those words. We're going to stop here, pick up with verse 7 next time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And that's, that's an important lesson that we ought to learn Because I'm afraid that we have a mindset a lot of times wherein we think, I can do this myself. I've got to do this all by myself. I've got the power, I've got the ability, and so on. Well, let's dig into that a little deeper. And it really goes along with that understanding of having that humble mindset and spirit. Trusting God to watch over us, doing what we should be doing, but recognizing that ultimately we need his power, his care, and his blessings to see us through. Let's stop and pray for a moment. Father in heaven, thank you for the power of your word to change lives and direct lives as we live according to your teachings. Direct us all the way to that home with you in heaven. Thank you, Father, 
for giving us such wonderful encouragement and instruction and guide us to always live to your glory and help us to always keep focused on seeking your commendation for our faithful lives before you. We praise you. We give you the glory, the honor, and the thanks. And we pray for souls all over the world. Help them see and come to you, Father, through Jesus Christ. Please forgive us, gracious Father. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.